T.D. Worthington, pastor of the Pathway Baptist Church in Goldsboro, North Carolina, and this is Pathlight. We're so glad to have you tuned in to today's program, and thank you for sharing a few moments of your time today. For the next uh, 25, 30 minutes or so, we'd like to study the Word of God together and uh, just, just spend some fellowship around the Word of God. Today, we're going to be talking a little bit about marriage and we're going to kind of pretend today, just a little bit, pretend to maybe be a photographer, and I'm going to ask our married couples out there to assume some poses, not literally, of course, but I'm going to paint a picture in your mind of uh, some poses you might could assume, and that uh, might teach us something in the in the process. I hope you'll stay, stay tuned for that. Let me also mention Pathway Christian Academy, Goldsboro, North Carolina. We're now taking enrollments for next year. And uh, so if you have a kindergarten through grade 12 uh, student and you live in the Goldsboro, Wayne County area, although we have some people uh, from other counties, but if you live in the area and would like information, I invite you to check out the website, pathwayacademy.org pathwayacademy.org. There's full information there. Then if you'd like to set up an appointment to visit the campus or talk with someone, you can do do that, of course, at your convenience. But anyway, pathwayacademy.org. Right now, just before today's uh, message, I've got a musical selection coming your way by the McCameys. Hope you'll enjoy it. Flip side, we're going to be talking about marriage in three pictures. Someone precious to me He's my friend, he's my anchor He'll never forsake He did something very special On Calvary's hill He died in my place So that I might live Lovely Rose of Sharon, the lily among the thorns. He's the fairest of ten thousand. He's my bright morning star. He's my friend. He's my savior. He is Jesus, my Lord. can see him hanging yonder on Calvary's tree. Wounded and bleeding, he was bruised just for me. He was buried and on the third day he left from that old tomb. He ascended into heaven and he's coming back soon. Lovely, lovely, he's altogether lovely. The beautiful rose of Sharon, the lily among the thorns. He's the fairest of ten thousand. He's my bright morning star. He's my friend. He's my savior. He is Jesus, my Lord. 
He's altogether lovely, the beautiful rose of Sharon, the lily among the thorns. He's the fairest of ten thousand. He's my bright morning star. He's my friend. He's my savior. He is Jesus, my Lord. He is altogether lovely, the fairest of ten thousand. That's the McCamey's uh, on today's Pathlight uh, program. There, it speaks about a love relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ, doesn't it? And we know as we study the Word of God that we find the bride of Christ is the church and he is the bridegroom. Our Lord Jesus is the bridegroom. That our Lord has a relationship with his church that basically is a eternal relationship. As a matter of fact, Schofield says that Christ's love work for the church is threefold, past, present, and future. Says for love he gave himself to redeem the church, and love he's sanctifying the church daily, and for the reward of his sacrifice and labor of love he will present the church to himself a f- in flawless perfection, as a pearl of great price. It teaches us here in the book of Ephesians. I'd like to read to you verse number twenty-five, where the word of God says this: Husbands, love your wives, even as Christ also loved the church, and gave himself for it. Husbands, love your wives, it says, and Christ has already given you an example to follow, and that is the example of his love and his relationship with the church. I I said a moment ago that I want to give you somewhat of an analogy today of a photographer. Now, I do not like posing for pictures. I I know some people enjoy that, I suppose, but that's just not me. I do my best to tolerate it, and I try to cooperate with a photographer and others that uh, say, you know, we need to take a family picture or whatever the case might be. But I don't enjoy having pictures made. That, that's, that's, I'm sorry, that, that's just me. You, you know, marriage is one of the most powerful relationships that we can participate in as human beings. It's a gift. Matter of fact, all the way back in the first book of the Bible, the book of Genesis, it establishes marriage as the foundation for human connection. Families are produced, homes are situated, cultures are extended from the central point of marriage. Countries, cities are founded by marriage. And while marriage is an important institution, it also challenges both the man and the woman, the husband and the wife, to go beyond their limitations, their human limitations, to connect with each other in a supernatural way. And as we gain a deeper understanding of God's design for marriage, we can invest in our marriages with a renewed sense of purpose and intention. Encouraging young couples to cultivate a healthy marriage is a bit like like exhorting someone to develop healthy eating habits. It's uh, it's not advice that's usually followed, I will admit that. However, just like good health, and good habits of other nature. A good marriage takes time, it takes purpose, it takes effort, it takes work to develop and guard. So regardless of the years you've been married, are you doing a good job is my question in deepening and strengthening your trust in 
marriage. Now, uh, most traditional marriage vows include a phrase something like this. It'll say, forsaking all others, this promising and exclusive relationship between the man and the woman, this man and this woman, an exclusive relationship that excludes all others in their intimacy. And then it goes on to say, for as long as ye both shall live, that is the ideal that is painted in scripture. Now, I cherish my marriage relationship and I don't want anyone or anything to come between our love, the love that I have for my wife, the love that we have for one another. Now, to do this, we must be committed to God to ask him to maintain, to establish and maintain a hedge of protection around our marriage to preserve the integrity of our relationship. And that hedge is going to be tested over and over again by, by the pressures of this world. But we ask God to maintain that and we have faith in him doing that. However, at the same time, our Lord also expects us to do all we can as empowered by the Holy Spirit to protect our marriage. When you have a picture taken as a couple, an experienced photographer may ask you to assume several poses. You know, he might say, uh, I'd like the wife to sit down and the husband to stand behind her and maybe put his arms around her. Okay, that's that's a nice pose. Okay, that's good. Or he might have you stand uh, side by side, you know, may, maybe have you look into each other's eyes as the case might be. Wedding photographs often are more romantic in nature than, than the photographs we might take later on while we're fishing together or whatever the case might be. But, but on today's program, I want us to visualize ourselves posing for three distinct but overlapping spiritual positions in which we look after each other as a couple. Now, the, the first pose I want to take for a husband and wife is ask you to face each other. Often at marriage ceremonies, I, as a pastor, will have you, I'll say, would you please face your bride? And I may have you to take her by the hand, as the case may be, but you face each other. So the first pose I want to take as your photographer right now is a picture of face-to-face -face intimacy. This is the fun one. Face-to-face -face trust grows when spouses seek to know and to be known by each other. Such intimacy may happen on dates that you have together or worshiping together or praying together or solving problems together. Then, of course, we also have physical intimacy or just general playfulness, you might say, around each other, just having fun together. That's that face-to-face -face pose I want you to form. Face-to-face -face intimacy is a beholding of the beloved, a looking up from self, looking away from the world, looking away from your career, looking away from problems, looking away from anything or anyone else apart from God, and looking exclusively at your mate, looking away from your daily pursuits, looking away from your problems, focusing on your spouse. That's that face-to-face -face picture I want you to assume and that I want you to see. Now, beholding our beloved will look different in different seasons of marriage. I know that. In every season, though, intimacy is an opening up of yourself to your spouse emotionally, physically, and spiritually. It requires a certain transparency, a certain vulnerability from both of you. 
In fact, trust and vulnerability can parallel an intimacy. They run hand in hand thoughtfully and consistently sharing your joys, sharing your burdens, your fears, your successes, and then seeking to hear that same kind of transparency from your spouse brings a kind of trust of which healthy marriages are made of. For many couples, early in their relationship, posing for this picture can be quite easy and enjoyable. A gentle touch, a whispered word, a quick glance. Face-to-face intimacy makes us eager to give ourselves, heart, soul, mind, and body to our loved. And in most marriages, you'll quickly rack up more face time with your spouse than with anyone else. But, but sometimes along the way and the pressures of life, that pose gets a little harder to maintain. It takes quite a bit of work. Quite a bit of work to develop a deeper and lasting face-to-face intimacy with your spouse. In beholding our spouse, we're seeking to give and receive a true reward of face-to-face intimacy, being both genuinely known and yet still truly loved. We will ultimately find this only in communion with God because marriage is a constant exercise in forgiveness because we're both going to goof up all the time. This pose is one of the pictures of marriage that points to Christ. A face-to-face trust is fragile. And it's so fragile, as a matter of fact, it usually requires another kind of posture to guard and protect it. So the next pose I want you to assume, if you will, is a back-to-back partnership. Now, Posing for this particular picture may seem a bit strange. Like, Pastor, you just told us to face each other, look in each other's eyes, and and that love will flow between us as we look lovingly at each other. And now you're saying, look away from each other and take a picture back to back. Now, I don't suppose in all honesty I've ever taken a picture like that with my wife, but it is one I want to assume right now because we have been in that position It doesn't seem very intimate, doesn't even seem very loving, but yet it is. You see, when couples, knowing each other's strengths and each other's weaknesses, seek to guard and protect each other, they develop, along with a face-to-face intimacy, a back-to-back partnership. A A military term that's often used is, I've got your six. That means I've got your back. You don't have to worry what's behind you, I'm protecting you. I'm looking after you. But it's not just a military term. It's a marriage term too. Because we all have blind spots, besetting sins and frailties that our spouse comes to know quite well through the years. That face-to-face time that they have with us and that face-to-face time we talked about a moment ago in everyday life is going to reveal some of your strengths and some of your weaknesses and your wife or husband is going to know more about them than anyone else. So them having your back is very important. Spouses use that knowledge of each other's strengths and weaknesses and their own unique strengths and weaknesses that they have to protect each other. The Bible says sin lays at the door, Genesis 4, 7, and Satan walks about like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour in 1 Peter 5, 8. So sin and Satan both seek to devour your marriage. But like two heroes with circling enemies on every side, couples turn back to back, trusting the other to protect them, to call out threats, to shout encouragements, 
and to celebrate even small victories together. I got you back. You see, couples can partner back to back without an obvious enemy like sin or Satan, external pressures from difficult circumstances, a challenging career, high expectations from, uh, regarding children or extended family or friends, or just a, a leaking faucet. All these things can create a settling where a couple needs to practice back to back partnership. I got you back. My wife needs to know that I will stand with her. I'll never let her down. I will not put her down in public. If I feel she's not handling something properly or she feels I'm not handling something properly, we deal with it privately and privately includes not in front of the children. Sometimes we're tempted to start shooting at each other at the very moment we need most to care and protect each other as we recognize and protect each other uh, Against all these threats, we reap the fruit of stability and the fruit of endurance in marriage. Back-to-back trust strengthens marriage to bear the heavy burdens we carry together in a fallen world. And you and I both know those burdens can get quite heavy. We're attacked sometimes from all sides. I've got your back. I've got your back. I've got your six. We both need those poses. The intimacy from face-to-face poses and the strength that comes from back-to-back poses both point to Jesus Christ who both loves us intimately, but he's always protecting us on every side. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I'll fear no evil because Christ has my six. He's protecting me. He's encircled me with his love, and I want my wife to know that I'm protecting her too. Everything I can do to protect her. However, as a demanding photographer, I've asked you to assume assume a face-to-face intimacy. I've asked you, if you will, to now pose for me in a back-to-back partnership. Now I want to ask if you would please, finally, let's have a side-by-side friendship. Can you stand side-by-side and join hands? Can you do that? Side-by-side. Okay, Uh, husband, husband, let her be on your right, on your right, your favorite side. Let let her be there. Okay, that's it. Side-by-side, join hands. And pose like you're facing the world, the future, whatever it might be, whatever has been set before you in the form of a satanic attack or temptation or whatever it might be, you're going to face it together. Couples who seek to behold and pursue something together cultivate that side-by-side trust that we need so badly. This side-by-side posture is Marriage as friendship, walking hand in hand, walking side by side through all the pressures of life. And those pressures can be great, but I know I've always got a partner. I've always got a friend. And and certainly I've got a partner. I've got a friend in Jesus Christ, a friend that sticketh closer than a brother, but I've got an earthly friend too. Thank the Lord. I've got several, but my best friend is my wife. Friendships form around a mutual bonding and beholding of a shared delight. Your friendship might uh, include many mutual pursuits or maybe just a few. But any side-by-side time fosters the kind of trust that comes from beholding something in common beyond just your relationship. You say, well, well, if you're married, that's what you got. Uh, No, no, you got more than that. You got more than that. It's more than just a a document on paper that says we're married. 
Many couples' relationships initially form around something they do together, something you enjoy together. Perhaps you share a love for music or a shared hobby or a television program. You enjoy going to your favorite restaurant together. Maybe it's a business or a ministry venture that you work in together. Whatever it might be, you do it together. Maybe you enjoy working around the house together, working in the garden together, painting a wall together, whatever it might be. Whatever the common pursuit, invest in it together. And, and, and some may be saying right now, but we just don't have much in common. I don't enjoy doing anything she enjoys doing, and she doesn't enjoy doing anything I enjoy. Well, you need to find something, something, one of your spouse's interest that also interests you that maybe you can invest with. Okay, maybe you don't enjoy it as much as she does. Maybe it's not your thing. But a side-by-side, hand-in-hand relationship is going to require you to make some effort in that regard. Investing in side-by-side trust is essential because of all the little wedges that can form in any relationship, and they form over the years. Separateness, individualities can creep in on you if you're not careful. The solution, of course, is to seek our Lord. We, We do that in all of our relationships. But it's so wonderful when husband and wife can work together hand in hand to, praise, to, 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 to face the pressures, pressures of life. The beautiful thing about these three marriage pictures that I've asked you to assume today is that they reinforce each other. You can't grow in intimacy if you're not working to protect each other from temptation and sin, disappointment, and burnout. You can't grow in that face-to-face relationship if you're you're not reinforcing that by protecting each other. Or sometimes it's as simple as just protecting your own time together because sometimes it seems like a lot of couples today just don't have time for each other. we got so much junk going on in our life. And some of it may even be important stuff, but... Sometimes it becomes a real detriment to our marriage. But the reverse is true as well. You can't grow in your ability to help each other see your blind spots if you don't grow in face-to-face fellowship. And both face-to-face and back-to-back trust flourish, what, in a consistency of a side-by-side friendship that's set on God. You know, you've heard it said, as a matter of fact, I mentioned it at the beginning of our study today, that some Christians think that earthly marriage is a picture of the relationship Christ has with his church. But if you stop and think about that, we have it backwards. My marriage is not a picture of Christ and the church, although I strive for it to be. I want it to be. I do everything I think I can, and and so does my dear wife, to make it so. But an earthly marriage is still not going to be perfect, is it? I'm not always going to be a perfect husband. She's not always going to be a perfect wife because we're, well, we're going to fail. So the best marriage on earth is not going to do justice. That portrait, that picture is not going to picture Christ in the church. So to say that your earthly marriage is a picture of the relationship Christ has with his church, it's backwards. No, Christ and the relationship with his bride, 
the church. That's the picture we are to emulate. He is the example. We're to follow that. Because as you look at my marriage or I look at yours, I'm not going to always see the relationship of Christ and the church, no matter how hard we both may be trying. But when I look at Christ and I see how much he loved the church, he gave himself for it, the Bible says. He loved the church so much. He loved his bride so much that he was willing to leave the glory of heaven and come down upon this earth and assume the likeness of sinful flesh. Although he did not sin, he assumed the likeness of sinful flesh. He walked upon this old planet for 30 some odd years without sin, but yet he was rejected. He was despised of men. And finally he was placed upon a cross as a, as, a, as a sinner, although he was not, placed upon a cross to die, not for his own sin, but for my sin and yours. And then, of course, the Bible teaches he rose victoriously the third day and lives even today to make intercession for us. And one day, one day the scripture says he's coming back for you and I. And one day he will present us faultless before his father, which is in heaven, a pure bride without spot and without blemish. That's the love Jesus Christ has for his bride. That is the picture. And that is the picture. That is the picture that I want my marriage to strive for. That's the picture. The special union a married couple that they have with each other, uses the picture of Christ and the church as a guide to what earthly marriage ought to be. None of us are gonna live up to that high goal, but we all should strive to do so. Therefore, the scripture says in verse 25, husbands, love your wives. How much? How much? Even as Christ also loved the church, and gave himself for it, that he might sanctify and cleanse it with the washing of water by the word, that he might present it to himself, a glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that it should be holy and without blemish. So ought men to love their wives as their own bodies. It says in verse number 28, that's Ephesians chapter five. Love in three pictures, marriage in three pictures our message today on Pathlight well with that I want to thank you so much for tuning in to today's broadcast and I, I hope it's been a blessing to you I hope that maybe something has been said today that might help you along the pathway pathway of life Again, I want to invite you to check in to Pathway Christian Academy in Goldsboro. If you have a kindergarten through grade 12 student and you live in the Goldsboro area or within commuting distance, check it out, pathwayacademy.org. We're beginning to enroll students for next year. And I encourage you to check it out, if you will. If you've been on the waiting list and perhaps you've dropped off, maybe you want to call back because we might be able to work you in now. Well, until next time, this is T.D. Worthington saying may God richly bless you is my prayer. You have a wonderful week as you walk with our Lord.